threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Friggin' A. Russia is weird, Cameron. <laughs> it it really is. Uh, I'm kind of excited about this episode. It's kind of a hodgepodge of random junk <laughs> that we found on the internet. It is. Is that kind of a good way to explain it? We kind it? of... So we did an episode on Korea, mm. North Korea. Yeah. And, you know, it's just bizarre. Mm. Um, so we were like, hey, we talk about Russia all the time. Mm. Why don't we break down some of the weird stuff in Russia? And we, it's just like such random crap. It is. So it's like ready. stories and urban legends mm. and facts and conspiracies. Yeah. And all of it's false. And we made it up. <laughs> and you're going to enjoy it. Take that, <laughs> Donald Trump. But, you know, hmm. it goes without saying prepping requires forethought hmm. with regard to food, water supplies, power, and protection, all areas of significant technical preparation. Self-reliant medical care is no exception. It's no exception. <laughs> <laughs> I repeated it and screwed it up. <laughs> um, the Prepper's Medical Handbook. <laughs> my tongue got stuck in the back of my mouth. By noted wilderness medicine expert and survivalist, William W. Forgey. Mm. MD. Mm. He's not a dummy. He'd been to school for this stuff. Yeah. Provides the basis of prevention, identification, long-term management of survivable medical conditions. And tells you when to return to the grid and what to do if you cannot. Mm. The book's pretty sweet. It's got an organized structure. Mm. allows you to quickly locate what you're looking for. You know, how to mm. put a Band-Aid on. Boom, first chapter. Did it. Second chapter, how to take Band-Aid off. Did it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, no, it really has some pretty sweet, straightforward stuff that you will encounter mm. when you're trying to bug out from your hometown. That, that, it sounds awesome, but where do I get it? Oh, you just go over to PreppersMedicalHandbook.com, mm. buy it directly from them, or... Mm. The Amazon. Give it to Bezos. Go to Amazon.com yeah. slash forward slash L-R-R-I-2-1-4-7. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do that. Just the link in the uh, tab. Um, well, let's get rolling. Let's let's start talking about some of the weird stuff that Russia has to offer. Yeah, they do. Okay. Why don't we start off with they drink tree juice. <laughs> okay. Have you ever tried birch sap? Uh, not lately. I didn't even, is it sold in the store? I have no idea. Go to Amazon.com <laughs> slash birch sap. <laughs> yeah, so they mm. drink tree juice. Mm. So you can just go and in the, I think it's in the spring, uh-huh. pop a little hole in the, in the through tree. the bark and, and a birch will give you about, uh, what was it? I think it'll produce somewhere between three liters of sap a day. Jeez. You need to drink it. You get all crazy with so some Russians birch sap. just love their tree sap, their birch tree sap. So that's weird. It's yeah, I don't know. I've never tasted it. I don't know if anybody that like, listens has Does it have it. health benefits? It does. Does supposedly. it? Supposedly. Of oh. course it's natural. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it uh helps with your heart and probably oh. your blood pressure and yeah. It's probably an aphrodisiac. Is Bites, it, infections, and tooth decay. Is it gluten-free? <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> it's got to be, right? Yeah. Interesting. It's probably, I think it was used to ferment, you oh. know, and so. So like, like, screw it, we'll just drink it straight. Birch beer or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Birch champagne. Sounds delicious. But yeah, I guess it's a big deal in Russia. Mm, makes sense. Some Russians 
Don't we have a Russian listener? Probably. Dad. Yeah, I think we probably we had him one. He's dead now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's been killed. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, don't listen to uh, the American podcast. Would you like to go snowshoeing on the hills? <laughs> that's uh, it. We made it through one without doing the accent. Yeah. Good job. Um, did you know that some Russians live in darkness for up to six months out of the year? That sounds amazing. Doesn't that sound delicious? <laughs> um, it's reality for hundreds of thousands of people in Russia. <laughs> for real. <laughs> in cities above the Arctic Circle. And I'm not talking about the hamburger joint. I'm talking about the real Arctic Circle. <laughs> I love Arctic Circle. Dude, I went there the other day. And if if you don't have Arctic Where's Circle. Uh, down in uh, Orem. Oh. When I was down there for that jujitsu game. There's one in Idaho, and it sucks. <clears throat> Does it? On the way up to my dad's cabin, I'm always like, yeah, and it tastes horrible. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's so good. But I love it. Their burgers. You used to get a bag of burgers yeah. all the time in high school. It's so good, yeah. So the, the cities above the Arctic Circle, the polar night, the polar day, can last incredibly long. 178,000 people live in Norilsk. Norilsk, I think that's how you say it, is one of the coldest northernmost cities in Map the world. Map on Daisy. <laughs> I know, that's what it feels like, huh? Town. Here, sub-zero temperatures last for up to 280 days a year. Wow, why does, why? <laughs> in summer, in the conventional sense, just doesn't exist. Food prices are high because delivering anything from central Russia takes a long time and is costly. So to get your Tashanka, it's going to be like super duper expensive, right? And they said, because the food products here have a long shelf life, Everything's virtually tasteless. Like, nothing tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, doesn't it sound like a great place to live? Just, wow. I, it's surprising people just stay there. I wonder what the real estate prices are like. These are inhuman <laughs> conditions, you might say. But in Russia, extremely low temperatures are not something to be afraid of. Many people like the long winter and temperatures of minus 30 degrees Celsius because there is more fun to be had in the winter than in the summer. So they say. It's getting warmer. Uh, <laughs> I hate that freaking spring. Instead, during the winter, people enjoy the northern lights. They do winter sports and, yes, beach parties. What? For real. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how people. Apparently, there's something thrilling up Tasteless there. Tasteless food, birch sap all year <laughs> round. I don't know. Birch Maybe sickles probably up there. <laughs> Go get you a, a, a sap popsicle, son. <laughs> sap sickle. Mm. Mm. Um, but maybe this is why. Why? Maybe this is why they enjoy it. Because they get 118 days off a year from work. Jeez, that's a third of the year. <laughs> I know. Um, that's a lot. Despite the long winter, Russians don't get depressed and don't drink liters of vodka every day. They like to have fun. A sure. lot of fun. I'm sure they're drinking while they're having this fun. Mm-hmm. But a total of 118 days a year that they don't work from different holidays. New Year period, why Russians celebrate the New Year once mm. on December 31st, according to the Gregorian calendar. The Gregorian. And then again on January 13th. <laughs> we'll do it twice. <laughs> that's that's one of like, my favorites. It's like um, uh, like Mardi Gras and uh, what's the uh, Brazil uh, Carnival. Oh, yeah. It's like it just goes on forever. It's like months and months. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it again. It's so fun. Yeah. Follow it up once you're sober. Um. So, yeah, that's why Russians celebrate the New Year 11 times. 11 times? Each for each time zone in the country. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh it has 11 gosh. time zones. It's humongous. Like the, I don't even know if we have in here that the railway crosses uh. like all those time zones. Yeah. It's so insane. It is nuts. I can't keep my watch straight. <laughs> time is it? What time is it? This train lasts forever. I have to go to work. I leave at 10 and I start work at 10. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> takes a two-hour train ride. They also played this crazy, crazy Russian golf. I've Did never, you ever heard, ever about heard, this? heard of this. Um, what what to do if golf season in Russia lasts only five months, but the game is so popular? Clearly, the answer is to play in all seasons and in all weather. <laughs> in Russia, they play golf in the snow. So snow golf. I bet they don't use the white ball. <laughs> it would be difficult. <laughs> but most of their snow is covered in blood anyways. <laughs> Pissing <laughs> piss blood and urine and birch sap. You just, you can't, it's, none of it's white. Right? <clears throat> that Russian's like, you don't talk about the, <laughs> you don't the talk mother about Russia. snow this way. <laughs> um, there's an even more exotic version of the game called helicopter golf. <laughs> Just in case you want to make Russians it Russians do seem to have a lot of helicopters. <laughs> they do, huh? It's like, like titanium, yeah. you know, plated ones. Like there's the... there's a lot of bikes, and then there's cars, and then helicopters, and then trucks. Yeah. And then, yeah. If you but... go to a used car sale, it's like two helicopters over there in <laughs> yeah. the back. You want one of those? Yeah, those are great. <laughs> 100,000 rotor miles on them, no big deal. Um, heli golf competitions are held every year. The pilot, the navigator, and the player try to navigate a huge ball through an obstacle course as quickly as possible from a helicopter. So just How many so, deaths have yeah, come from this golf game? A hundred a year, probably. No big deal. So anyway, great game to watch. That's another weird thing that they do. Uh, yeah. Um, they congratulate <laughs> each other on coming out of the shower or something. Uh, so you great. don't generally... Um, expect to be congratulated when you come out of the shower or bath, right? Well, but sometimes again, my wife will congratulate me. Good job. Good job. You're all clean. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no poops things first, in your underwear. First bath in a week. <laughs> but yeah, the Russians, that's mm. a tradition for them to uh, congratulate you when you come out of the shower. I hope you enjoyed your steam. Congratulations. Good job. Good, wa- <laughs> good job washing your body. Um, this is what people did in the olden days mm. when they only bathed in bathhouses. Sometimes you could get poisoned by carbon monoxide, so they were just happy that you came out alive. <laughs> Good job. Good job. You're still alive and you're clean. Good job. You make it through your bath, huh? Good job. <laughs> That's pretty funny, though. I wonder if that really happens. I don't know. I'm going to go over there and bath and just walk around and be like, hey, I got out. Somebody give me a pat on the back. High five. High Smack five. my butt. High five. Did it. They also believe that size matters. So maybe th- this maybe this right. is the reason they congratulate each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, oh hello. A <laughs> hey, good show, eh? Hey, good show. <laughs> yeah, it's very He's good not show. cold out here at all, looks like, huh? Eh? <laughs> it's warm shower, eh? Yes. <laughs> very warm. <laughs> Whoa, is that bear or is that Russian man? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that bear. I don't know. Well, the fur down there. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you write bear in town? <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways, um, they yeah. So bigger <clears throat> is better with the Russians. They're kind of like maniacs about making everything. One uppers. Yeah, they really are. Kind of pricks that way. Yeah. Um, in Russia, you'll find Europe. It's pretty clear, even in today's news. It's yeah. Like... <clears throat> in Russia, you'll find Europe's tallest building. Europe's largest shopping center, the world's biggest submarine, mm. the longest railroad line like you spoke of, Europe's biggest children's store. <laughs> the funny thing is just you is go buy children. children. <laughs> <laughs> just say, hey, what the biggest Wait, one? These ones are just ones we found on the street. <laughs> I want the biggest one. He's American, right? <laughs> Good. 
He's a very large child. Give me the black American one. He played basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the biggest children's store, uh, an enormous contrabass balakal. <laughs> Balalaka. What is that? Balalaka. It's an instrument. It's like a big looking stupid guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it's humongous. It's the biggest though. in the country. Yeah, you played that. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> um, and until recently, the tallest and longest cable bridge in the world. They even built the world's biggest fidget spinner and got it spinning. <laughs> they had 118 days to dig around with this stuff. What else are they going to do? How about we get these old cars and make a big fidget spinner? We make helicopters. It's broken helicopters. <laughs> make a fidget spinner. I don't know. Uh, they do seem to really care yeah. about being the biggest and They the really baddest. do. It's weird. Biggest and baddest. Mm. Um, they sometimes share their homes with bears. Yeah. The most popular stereotype about Russians does actually have some justification. While not every Russian keeps a bear in their apartment, it does happen. <laughs> apartment? It does seem like there's a ton of bears. I mean, it's... Yeah. That's just... What's your policy on bears? <laughs> yeah. And does it say something in the lease? They've tried to ban them as domesticated pets, mm. um, but the practice remains perfectly legal. Mm. Their owners will good naturedly shrug their shoulders and assure you the bear is friendly. He's a good bear. <laughs> You don't have a problem with Never bear. eat nobody. <laughs> don't worry, it's my bear. <laughs> See a bear being Let taken him for sniff a walk you. in the street. Let him finish, then he's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you hump your leg, it's fine. Just let him finish. It's worth it. He took shower. Good job. Yeah, good job. Bear's clean. He'll hump when he's done. Just, just let him finish. That sounds just like a Russian. Yeah. Americans have dogs, we have bears. <laughs> oh, you've got little doggy dogs? <laughs> Look. <laughs> and big polar bears. We keep polar bear in the bathroom. <laughs> What's the, um, um, on a Street Fighter, isn't it a big Russian bear wrestler, Borsk or whatever? <laughs> I Borsk. don't remember. He's like a bear wrestler. He has oh, like really? all these scars on him. That makes sense. He likes bears. Mm. Anyway, Anyways, that's crazy, man. That is crazy. Yeah, bears. They also like to eat soup. I don't know if you've heard about this, but this is a thing. Would you like some borscht? <laughs> yeah. Like it's the average Russian can't survive without soup, is what they say. Like I heard have, that they don't like the name because yes, it's Ukrainian. It's Ukrainian, isn't it? So they call it like red soup or something. <laughs> yeah. Basically, so this soup that they eat all the time, it's like salad in broth. <laughs> it looks so disgusting. Like literally. Yeah, we like salad, we like soup, let's just combine them into borscht. Oh. Yeah, so it's just like floating leaves of cabbage and <clears throat> iceberg <laughs> lettuce. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and it's also... I um, love soggy meat. Or soggy meat. <laughs> I love soggy lettuce. It's so good. It's warm, It's like a sub lettuce. sandwich that you just yeah. like wrap up and keep in the fridge, and then you're like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, and you oh. have to drink it afterwards. <laughs> just wrap it. I'm going to start just putting it in a cup. Put yeah. tinfoil over I'm it. I'm going to blend this. Yeah, this is not even tomorrow. worth trying I'll to chew this anymore. i sandwich tomorrow. But anyways, so they're just like, they're, they're crazy about it. They are. They got to eat it all the time. Borscht. Yeah. Um, are, there are people in Russia who eat antlers and play with bird's beaks. <laughs> Sounds right. It sounds pretty cool. Mm. So the country has over 200 different ethnic groups. That's a lot. The United States has 4 billion <laughs> yeah. ethnic groups. Mm, yeah. Um, today, around 42,000 of the country inhabitants are native peoples. Mm -hmm. uh, the Nenets 
basketball team. <laughs> the New York Nenets. <laughs> the Siberian Nenets. The, the main Nenets. <laughs> um, of whom are there are about 30,000 altogether live in the tundra of the far north. This is mm-hmm. probably the dark, dark area that never yeah, gets sun probably. and they just eat bland food. But um, they build reindeer skin tents That's and not eat bad. antlers of young reindeer Ugh. and kill hikers that go through the <laughs> yeah. Day Out Love Pass. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> and they play with bird beaks. That <laughs> sounds fun. Well, I don't even get that. I don't either. <clears throat> <laughs> Look, Daddy. <laughs> Mr. Birdie saying hello. Well yeah, done, with, well done with your bathtub time. <laughs> <laughs> you work today, Dad. You probably what? don't work today. Would you like to eat some more? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say it, so I'm just saying it stupid every single time. Uh, oh, what's nothing, the last? Nothing better than a good antler. Read the last line. Oh, the children of the nets are taking. Oh yeah, this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so contradictory to like they build reindeer skin tents, they eat antlers, they play with bird beaks, uh, you know, like they're from yeah. the seventeen hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get taken to school by helicopter. <laughs> yeah. So weird. We could do away with all the rest, but not the helicopter. We do that and we teleport our kids to school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's just that it's like the school bus. <laughs> Stand over there, the helicopter will land, the will go to school. So weird, man. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of secret cities. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this, but there are like a bunch of cities within Russia that don't even exist on maps. Oh, they don't? They don't exist on maps. And... <laughs> And there's people that live there. There's, like, thousands of people that live in these places. And if family comes and sees them, they have to get special permission and, like, permits to come into the city. Wow. Yeah, so most of them are connected to, like, military and nuclear research centers, right? Like, Vilyuchinsk. There's always some nuclear stuff somewhere <clears throat> yeah. in Russia. Vilyuchinsk, uh, situated on the Kamchatka Peninsula <laughs> in far east of the country. It's a base for nuclear submarine construction. And then ah. there's... Zeliznogorsk, uh, it's out in the middle of Siberia. It's got a plutonium production plant there. Oh, wow. You got it, yeah. And then there's Serov. That's uh, Russia's main center for nuclear research. Tushanka main headquarters. Yeah. That's where um, the it's home for the Tsar Bomba. Remember the Tsar Bomba? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, there's a whole bunch of them. You can't even see them on maps. Some wow, of them. that's crazy. There's actually, um, there was a, a documentary I watched, I can't remember, quite a while ago. I think it was on Netflix. It's like called... F. I don't remember what it's called. F. F. Um, but it was about one of these cities. Kind of crazy. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Makes you wonder. Does. What's going on? I there? wonder. <laughs> I wonder what's happening in <laughs> what's there. What's happening? Um, Russians don't live that long. For real? Yeah. Mm. I think I'm in the right place, right? Yeah, you're good. Yep. Um, studies show that one in four Russian men will die before they turn 55. Good gracious. One in four. That's crazy. It's all the birch sap they're drinking. Perhaps Russians should begin to consider the negative effects of heavy liquor drinking. There is a heavy alcohol use. Yeah. I think every video that comes out of Russia, somebody is drinking. Mm-hmm. And if if you've ever watched any of the traffic accidents, it's like the most insane thing. <laughs> Somebody's drinking. I have in ever one of seen. Yeah. Um, they'll just be like. <laughs> Driving down the road and a tank will cross. <laughs> There's a helicopter flying. And run over four or five people. Yeah, and they just keep going. It's yeah. like, whatever. It's, you're not going to leave till 55 well, anyway. I'm need my borscht. Just walk on. <laughs> Move on. Um, hard liquor is evident. Um, males, and that affects their longevity. Yeah. Uh, the average adult in Russia consumes 20 liters of vodka per year. That's a lot of vodka. It is a lot of vodka. 
And um, I think it's probably just to tolerate living in Russia. Well, yeah, I would guess so. And it keeps you warm, but not warm. Um, alcohol deaths have dropped since the 90s, but it's mm-hmm. still the third highest cause of avoidable death in Russia. Second is helicopter other- crashes. <laughs> Number one's bears. <laughs> Number one's bears. Having bears at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably. Heavy drinking is not only the cause of low life expectancy. Babies though. choking on birds' beaks. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Carnies, birds, swine, all the flus coming from. Yeah. Kids keep getting sick with weird viruses. flu, I don't get it. Uh, cardiovascular disease, stroke-related deaths are very high in Russia. Um and cardiovascular deaths and stuff are usually higher in cold environments, so that makes sense. Yeah, makes, um, does make sense. And they smoke a lot too. Yeah, that could probably health and personal like it's just not a big concern. Nobody really cares. Yeah, so that's interesting. That's, uh, yeah, this one kind of grosses me out a little bit. You know, we only have fifteen more. We do only have fifteen more years on average. I know, dude. If we lived in Russia. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's um, crazy. So I love myself some pancakes. Do you mm. love pancakes, Cameron? I do like pancakes. You some butter and some syrup. Maybe. More of a waffle guy. But You're more of a okay. waffle. I'll take any of it, really, when it comes yeah. down to it. But if you go to if you go to uh, Russia and you order pancakes, you're going to get something slightly different, most likely. They call it a blini. Blini. <laughs> the traditional blini are dolloped with savory sour cream and salty caviar. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that sounds disgusting, if you ask me. And, and they're, like, really thin. They're kind of like a crepe. Like a uh, French creep. Creep. A wee wee. May I look Very at you? Very thin, much like a French creep. <laughs> How was your bathtub? <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. You're very clean. <laughs> I'm still dirty. We're doing France next week. <laughs> I know. Um... So basically, they said it was an accident how this came about, but blini are served as good luck when a baby is born. Blini. And a token of goodwill and happiness at funerals. So it's a lot like funeral potatoes for us. I'm bringing blini to the next <laughs> yeah. funeral. From birth what to is death. This garbage. It's blini. Eat it. <laughs> eat it. You live till 55. <laughs> you eat this. Um, so, anyways, that, I thought that was. <laughs> 55. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. kind of interesting, I thought. That's super weird. Mm-hmm. Um,. Well, another thing is you are forbidden to whistle inside. <laughs> oh, dang it. Most people do not know how weird this scares the bears, probably. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, true. You piss him off. <laughs> you whistle, you die. <laughs> Stop. The, I guess Russians are super superstitious. Yeah. Super. Russians do not believe super in shaking stitch-up. hands in mm. a doorway, sitting at the oh, yeah. corner table, or saying happy birthday before the actual day. Do not say. It's not my birthday. <laughs> my birthday tomorrow. You want us all to die? Well, you... <laughs> <laughs> you want me to live till 54? Take that blini, take it away. I'll, I'll eat borscht. <laughs> if you want to avoid some angry Russians while visiting, do not do these things. Yeah. Even weirder Russians do not believe you are allowed to whistle inside. Yeah, yeah. It would be best to avoid humming your favorite. It would be best, yeah. Yeah. Your favorite tune in this country. Superstition says that if you do, you are in for bad financial luck. There was in another the one that I don't think made it in here, but one was like if you're leaving to go somewhere. And you go back to the house because oh, you yeah, forgot I saw something. That too. Uh-huh. That's super bad luck. So like they won't do it. Like if, if you they, left your wallet and your keys, you're yeah, screwed. You're, you're just done. Gotta keep you on got going. It. Like they'll call like a neighbor to come back in their house to get it. Yeah. So they don't have to go. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They. I've read in multiple places. Mm-hmm. They're very superstitious. It's really weird. Yeah. Um. A cool thing about Russia is they have the third highest concentration of billionaires in the world. Which makes sense. I always do see like these names, and yeah. I'm like, I wonder what country. It's like Russia. Russia. Yeah. 
if yeah, yeah they got the whole Dublini Empire like yeah anyways they're just um, a rich yeah like resource country they too. really are yeah so Moscow well, freaking huge I yeah. mean covers a lot of ground so they used to be number up. one um Moscow had the number one title housing eighty four of the world's billionaires really um, yeah but a lot of them now are in New York in Hong Kong so now they're third if that makes sense. Uh, in 2019 alone, these men were worth 421 billion dollars combined. Oh my gosh, they have, isn't that what the stimulus package was? <laughs> not Just... even. Um, they have estimated that a staggering 89 percent of Russia's wealth is controlled by the richest 10 percent of the That's population. That's usually what the biggest. The Russian president Vladimir Putin is part of the wealthy few controlling not only the money but also the politics. So obviously, that don't makes talk sense. Talk about Russia, well, you don't Vladimir. Talk about Vladimir. Um, women greatly outnumber the men. Ooh. And yeah. there's pretty Russians. There are. It's a country with pretty women. Yeah. Um, it's believed that during World War II, the number of men decreased significantly after the war took the lives of over 25 million soldiers. They lost a lot of people. Yeah. The Battle of Stalingrad, like, was more than any, um, like, our country and all the losses. Yeah. They lost more. Like, what do they say? It's like, um... A third of their country died in World War II. Yeah. But, I mean, they single-handedly held off Germany that was, Dude, like, pushing if hard. It, like, a lot of times we say, oh, America. They If it wasn't for Russia. If it wasn't for Russia, we wouldn't have won that No, war, they, they freaking took yeah. a beating, and mm -hmm. they, I mean, they single-handedly held yeah. off the Russians. Seriously. It's insane, man. It's pretty impressive what they did, but, man, they suffered for it. Yeah. Um, The gender ratio in Russia is currently, like, 86 men per 100 women. <clears throat> Dang. This has greatly affected the traditional society where the women marry young and have babies quickly. Russian women are now being required to seek marriages outside of Russia. You can buy mm. one right now. You can. Go online. Get you a Russian bride. So, um, yeah, mail order brides right there. Um, there are not enough Russian men for the number of women, so it's a way of them for, to get out of the country and date men who are available and interested in marriage. Because the yeah. And then their husbands are going to die at 55 anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And they're alcoholics. Uh -huh. So it's rough. It's a rough selection for the women. It is, yeah. And speaking of that, so if there's not enough men, maybe you just become gay as a woman. Maybe. But you can't because <laughs> you'll be arrested and probably tortured yeah. in Russia. In 2013, Putin uh, cracked down on the ability of the gay community to express themselves. They created a gay propaganda ban stating that same-sex relationships are not socially acceptable and evil, even labeled them as illegal under Russian law, which is crazy. And then, like, the gay propaganda, like, the United States, it probably pissed them off oh, so Oh, gosh, bad. yeah. Like, probably, we probably pissed them off so freaking bad, dude. Yeah. So they send gay members of the community to prison or to labor camps. Wow. Yeah. Um, these gay people who have been detained and tortured have come forth saying they were electrocuted and beaten until the point of revealing the names of other gay people. <laughs> you tell me who the other gays are uh, right now. I don't know. Kobe's gay. <laughs> well, they're all, everybody gay. <laughs> Vladimir gay. No, I mean, no. <laughs> I don't yeah. like being shocked. <laughs> I'm sure they just come up with names. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what they say? Everybody... <laughs> My old neighborhood, everybody, gay, gay, gay. <laughs> um, bears are addicted to getting high on kerosene. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, Russian bears in the south of Kamchatka. Kamchatka. Mm. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Russians are getting their fix, apparently, to the Kronosky Nature Reserve. Over 700 of these beauties have gotten their hands on leftover canisters of jet fuel. I just love how there's just... 
jet fuel canisters <laughs> hanging around That's Russia. Like, just like hanging out. Oh, I don't think you would you would not have a hard time bugging out. You're like, I got fuel. Yeah. We'll come over Mountain Ridge. Bunch of jet fuel right we got here. High bears. I don't know what we're gonna do with them. But yeah, the leftover um from generators and helicopters. Mm. The bears just go and sniff them and they obviously enjoy it. They're like <laughs> rolling around in it um these bears are huge yeah and there's a ton of them mm-hmm. so pretty funny that is kind of funny kind of sad we, yeah. the russians got them addicted to yep. alcohol so. hey, if you wanted to survive in the russian wilderness do you know what i would do i would go to survive outdoors longer it's the best place i would seriously go get some sol gear because they make emergency shelters they make fire starters survival kits signaling accessories probably like bear survival kits probably they're trusted by outdoor professionals and casual preppers i've said this a few times but i have their emergency bivy in my bug out bag me too take that and so does cameron me too so 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 reasonably priced (laughs) as this is what i love about their stuff it is that's the thing i like the most yeah too and what i'm also excited about is have a brand new collection being launched later this year um they're going to expand all of their gear to include base camp items Cutting tools. Helicopter. <laughs> yeah, helicopters, navigation, and a bunch more stuff. So pack SOL, pack more than luck. Because you know what my nephew says? Luck is for losers. <laughs> he's going to a jiu-jitsu tournament this weekend, and I, I texted him, good luck. And he's like, luck is for losers. <laughs> <laughs> and he won. Uh, of course he did. Um, yeah. Available at REI, Amazon, and many other fine retailers. Go get SOL and survive outdoors longer. Awesome. It yeah. is great stuff. It is great stuff. So let's get into some of the conspiracies yeah. and the urban legends. Yeah, there's so many. Stuff. There was like a thousand weird stories there from were, over there. Some of them were yeah. so weird that I didn't even want to read them. I'm <laughs> like, this is here. too freaking like, weird. I can't even. It's either translated poorly yeah. or. <laughs> this one is kind of on the edge of being too weird, but it was crazy. This one's cool, though. Yeah, Anatoly well, Moskvin. Um, they call him the corpse collector. Okay, this is definitely a case where life is stranger than fiction. Legend has it that a mysterious person roams Russia, hunting for one people. person. One person. There's only one <laughs> in Russia hunting for people to kidnap. He then kills them, preserves them, and puts their mummified bodies on display. It's a horror story to fit nightmares. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. However, what is more terrifying is that in 2011, Nizhny Novgorod. <laughs> Resident Anatoly Muskevin was arrested and then convicted of grave robbing. He exhumed the bodies of 29 girls and young women, which he brought home to his flat. Muskevin then mummified them, dressed them up, and placed them around his home, which he shared with his parents who thought the corpses were large dolls. (laughs) Which is not... (laughs) It's not great... Either, Either way, way. Hey, my son likes big dolls that look like women. <laughs> We've got, I don't know, 29 or so just hanging around the house. He's got a lot of time yeah. on these hands. I was He's asking, wondering. maybe you want to get a bear instead? I don't know. <laughs> but no. But even that is what makes you laugh. I know. It's like, it's big dolls, it's okay. <laughs> it's no big deal. Wait, either. those were not dolls? <laughs> those, are, those are body corpses. Hmm. Uh, that's creepy. Yeah, it is way creepy. Um, Lenin was a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> More of a practical joke than anything, 90, 1991 Soviet musician Sergei Karyokin. Mm. Um, sing some karaoke? <laughs> <laughs> Broadcasting <laughs> an interview on what was then Leningrad television, pretending to be a historian. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> claimed that the Lenin had consumed such a large amount of magic mushrooms that he had actually become one. <laughs> and people believe this. You are what you eat. Yeah. Um, 
they called the the interview came at a time when the Russia was undergoing a process of a complete social and cultural reform. Mm-hmm. When Gorbachev's Gorbachev Glasnost. Yeah. Um, opened up free speech in the public domain and loosened media censorship and control. At this stage, the people of Russia were not accustomed to the broadcast <laughs> satire and absurd con- comedy. So they were just like, I believe it. Oh, my gosh. He's a mushroom. They do not produce anything that's not true. Yeah. So they thought that Lenin truly became a mushroom. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. He know? basically has. I mean, they tried yeah. to preserve him. He's all... Just a rotten figure in it. For is, sure. Did they ever take him out of the museum or whatever? I you don't know, go dude. go see his body still? They was there for a long time. I know that. So I'm know. sure why they probably believed it. <clears throat> this one's cool. This one gets this one gets my blood pumping. It might be all the caffeine I'm drinking. But, this one's cool. Uh, the UVB-76 is called The Buzzer. Since the 1970s, a phantom radio station has been broadcasting a mysterious buzz across its airways almost every other second. <laughs> What are you laughing at? Just what is, I know. It's so weird. That I know. It's still. On top of this, every couple of months, a thick Russian accent recites the code UVB76, and then the station resumes its buzzing again. The origins of the station, nicknamed the buzzer, are unknown. Nobody knows who set it up or why it emits the buzz and code. Theorists believe the code could possibly relate to Russian military operations, nuclear war, or atmospheric research. So I actually found this buzzer. I was going to ask you. I found this. So Let's hear it. Here's what the buzzer, just the buzzer part of it sounds like. Let's see if this works. Was, that's sweet. I was just thinking that. We should have found it. Creepy. It's so damn creepy. It's a weird horn too. It is weird. So, and now here's what the Russian, the uh, the the voice message sounds like. Isn't that crazy? And that's it. Yeah. So that's it. So um, that's that's the buzzer, man. So there's that buzzer sound, and that voice message comes on like once a month and does that, <laughs> and it's been going since nineteen like the nineteen seventies. Nobody has any idea. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's pretty bizarre. And Anyways, creepy. I thought that was kind of a cool. That one is a cool one. deal there. So this one just kind of makes me laugh. The Verbinski bypass. <laughs> Some nice. say the Verbinski bypass, uh, the seemingly pointless semicircular detour on the otherwise straight train line between Saint Petersburg and Moscow, can literally be traced back to Tsar. Nicholas I. Keeping in line with European development, the Tsar decided to lay down track. Mm-hmm. Lay down some track. <laughs> I'm going to lay down some dang good track. <laughs> to connect that. his nation's first and second cities in the mid-1800s. Engineers on the project argued over the best route, and Nicholas I grew frustrated with them. And apparently, he seized the map and drew a line. Hey, damn, I'm going to put it right here. <laughs> and they figure um, in haste. That he drew the line straight and did a little bump over the tip of his finger. Yeah. So that's why they call it the Sars <laughs> finger because the straight line was drawn on the map, but the bump was over his finger because he's like, I just draw like this. <laughs> and it's like the bump of his finger. And they did it anyway. This is Sar. Uh, he wants a bump here. We this is exactly. He said, do it just like this. Okay. <laughs> so they got. They figure there's a pointless little bump, which they fixed in 2001. Oh, they did fix it. Dang it, that's year, too bad. 150 years it was there, though. Just pointless <laughs> little semi They figure he just drew it, and they were like, we follow this. <laughs> this is the map. We there's do just some like reason this. he wants this bump here. Yeah. Maybe. It's a that's, that's so hilarious. But it's yeah. such a Russian thing. I know. <clears throat> it's the Tsar's finger. Yeah. Metro 2. This is like fallout to me. Reminds yeah, well, me do of- you remember the video game Metro? 
Oh, that is that, that is <laughs> this is it. That is yeah. This is what this was based on. I didn't on. know that. Yeah. So Makes sense. Moscow's vast metro is shrouded in urban legends and conspiracy. Have you played theories. one of those? I have. Yeah. I have back in the day. I, I bought one on sale and have never even downloaded. They say it. that it's one that it, really taxing on um, Computer, video cards yeah. and stuff, so they use it to test. But anyways. One suggests that the circle line was a happy accident that arose when Stalin put his coffee cup in the mass transit system's plant. The cup stained, and on the consideration, the engineers thought the circle line would be a great addition. Once again. Once again, happy accident. These maps. The coffee stain in the circle, we make the train in Metro he Circle. He wants a very secret yeah. spot right here. <laughs> this, shh, don't tell nobody. We do, we do this. Okay. Apparently, there are huge radioactive rats that live in the Metro Tunnels, too. So that's fun. That sounds yeah. freaking awesome. One of the biggest legends, however, is that deep underneath the metro system that millions of Moscovites use each day is another Moscovites. metro. Yeah. Such a terrible thing. Like, it's horrible, huh? Ugh, it's a Moscovite. Oh, I got Moscovites in my bed. <laughs> um, is another metro system even further down that they call Metro 2. Wow. And it, uh, as it's referred to, is said to be bigger than the other metro system and connects the Kremlin to the KGB headquarters in Moscow and the government airport and a bunch of towns. So, like, it's one that basically the Big, higher ups in the government use. So. Bigger, deeper, better. Bigger, deeper, better. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The haunted Kremlin. Mm. Moscow's Kremlin is haunted and former SARS of leader and leaders still wander the corridors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a noted noted that the apparitions of Nicholas II usually foreshadow impending disasters. Oh, geez. Ivan the Terrible still lurks about, too. He's occasionally spotted on the bell tower, and people have reported that they have heard his footsteps. Oh, it sounded just like the way he walked. <laughs> Ivan the Terrible. The Terrible's in here. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Oh, this guy. Listen, be listen. Ivan. It's even the devil. Listen the way that the left leg drags a little bit. <laughs> the heel strike is a bit stronger. Yeah. <laughs> the story goes that he can't find peace even as a ghost because he killed his own son. Mm. A deed that still haunts him in his afterlife. Makes sense. Even Lennon has been cited, although his spirit was seen by several people while he was alive <laughs> but unable to walk. He died three months after the sighting. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that is really interesting. I saw his ghost. Uh, He's still alive. He Lenin's still alive, <laughs> idiot. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> For real, like, he was there. The footsteps definitely not even there. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a funny story. Um, soon after Stalin's personality cult was denounced, relations between the USSR and China began to deteriorate. China launched a campaign of anti-Soviet propaganda and eventually armed clashes. So there was bad things, right? They were brainwashed to believe in a Chinese threat looming over them, and such fears found reflection in an urban myth that, that made the rounds in the late 1960s. So here was the myth. A Soviet woman bought a Chinese carpet and hung it on the wall. At night, her son, who was sleeping next door, heard a terrible scream and called the police. They found the woman dead and with a horrified expression frozen on her face. Yeah, it's the same one, huh? Yeah. A shrewd policeman turned off the light and everyone saw a terrible image. (laughs) Terrible image glowing on the new carpet on the wall. Mao Zedong lying in a coffin with his hands folded over his chest as a candle burned green. It was glowing. (laughs) That's crazy. But um, basically they're saying what happened was in order to pay tribute to their leader, the Chinese embroidered carpets exported to Russia with Mao's image were in phosphorescent threads. So at night when the light would go off, they'd glow and it would (laughs) scare people. And they did it on purpose. That's genius. I know. I think it's awesome. That would scare the crap out of me Me too. Me too. 
Oh my so anyways. God, beautiful, huh? What the? <laughs> and that's it's, pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what was I gonna say? I can't remember. Oh, isn't like so Russia's considered a European country, I but know. isn't like the majority in, in Asia? Asia? Yeah, it's so crazy how is. big that place is. Yeah, um, Americans and their bioweapons. Mm. Dang Americans, I hate them. After World War II, Soviet agriculture was threatened by the Colorado beetle, mm. which destroyed potato crops. Um, according to the Soviet Minister of Agriculture, the beetle invasion was due to American sabotage. It was the Idaho. Everything, everything has been sabotaged yeah. in Russia. It was the state of Idaho that dropped them over there. <laughs> yeah. We got the best taters. No more this Russian taters. This me off. <laughs> Send them on. Send them on over the Russians. Um, this urban myth spread quickly and was printed in many Soviet newspapers as well as in those of Eastern Bloc countries. The hungry critters were spotted in a growing number of locations while thousands of school children were sent to the fields to gather them by <laughs> That's what I love. <laughs> what are we going to do about these beetles? Uh, get the kids, get them. Yeah, just pull them out of school. We'll get them to figure <laughs> this out. They don't need school. They need to find beetles. Stupid <laughs> Americans. We'll make it the game. 100 beetles is one potato. One vodka. Yeah. Well, isn't, the, one isn't the vodka from the potatoes? I think so, probably. Um, Give them some borscht. They'll be fine. <laughs> Some warm borscht, hunt for beetles all day. Oh, and then we'll let them have a bath and say congratulations <laughs> as they come out. Um, yeah, so super weird. Um, yeah. Even look for poison ampules in the fields. <laughs> so look, while you're looking for Colorado beetle, see if there's any vials of poison. Look for beetle, look for poison. Bring poison back to us. Yeah. Don't eat the beetles. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of the American sabotage, like Beatles, Beatles, a couple ampules. Yeah. <laughs> Poison. <laughs> Who's going to just drink one that's sitting out in the middle? Um, incidentally, another version of this myth emerged in the 70s, alleging the Americans scattered ticks in mm-hmm. ampules, ampules mm-hmm. along the tracks of the Baikalamar Railway, mm-hmm. whose that construction was almost complete. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the, what's the uh, tick <clears throat> thing? Um the little controversy around that. Have we talked about that conspiracy? Oh, for um, Lyme disease? Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy so one. That could very well be. Could be, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> so there's some rumors. Like, there's so many crazy rumors that was spreading across the Soviet Union. Um, one of them happened to be about some gadgets that maybe some spies had from Japan and stuff like that in, in the Americas. So rumors of incredible spy gadgets reached the Soviet people. Legends about the wonders of Western technology that were capable of everything were terrifying. They were just so scared of these things. Many of these, for some reason, were associated with virtual striptease. <laughs> uh, for example, there was an urban myth about special Japanese glasses through which one could see people naked. So they're like, oh, geez, they're going to oh, look wow. all, all our ding-dongs and all our, <laughs> all our boobs. What are we going to do? Um, <laughs> you know what we I mean? We got uh, many more boobs here. <laughs> yeah, we, we got more boobs than ding-dongs. Um, there were... <laughs> 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 um, there were also legends about foreigners who photographed Soviet women in swimsuits on beaches with special red film. When the film was developed, the swimsuits disappeared, and the wicked foreigners printed obscene nude pictures of Soviet women and distributed this pornography in their homeland in order to besmirch the dignity of the USSR. (laughs) These girls weren't actually naked. They had on the bikinis. It's their film. So. Yeah. yeah. So weird. This is funny. I know. How dare you? 
Where do I get these glasses? <laughs> How can I uh, procure some of these uh, glasses? Maybe? What you do is this dirty and tricky, and where do you buy that? <laughs> I don't like it. I need one for research purposes only. I'm going to see for spy reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I want some for spy reasons only. <laughs> Let's see who's carrying something. Uh, Let's see who mm. is carrying bird beaks. Don't into care schools. about the ding dongs. Don't care about the boobs. It's all spy reasons only. <laughs> I want to see which children are carrying bird beaks into the school. Yes, I am not creepy. Very important spy reasons only. <laughs> Um, for the, foreigners were rarely allowed behind the Iron Curtain. That's true. So when international youth festivals began to be held in the USSR in the late 50s, Soviet, Soviet people were frightened by the invasion of guests from abroad. I know this feeling. Do I you? feel like the invasion of Californians to Utah. <laughs> it's ridiculous right now, yeah. isn't it? Inevitably, this fear found its reflection in the new urban legends, many of which featured a dangerous gift. Mm. People believe that the visiting foreigners gave children poisoned sweets. It's, it's funny because, like, we have the same things, like we do. The, the Halloween ones. Yeah. You know? The legend was born after a Swede presented a child with a bitter licorice It's candy. probably black licorice. That no, is poison. Straight up poison. <laughs> Don't eat it. Fountain pens and toys <laughs> stuffed with bombs and poison. <laughs> Bombs. Uh, One item shrouded in the mystique of uh, particular dread was chewing gum. Yeah. Which all Soviet children dreamed of, despite the danger, according to urban myth. If only I could get a little bit of chewing gum. (laughs) It's the candy that chews. You chew it, chew it, chew it, and it tastes so good. Blow my Eat your borsk. (laughs) Eat your salad water. I don't, I don't know what he was doing. Slap <laughs> yeah. Eat it. Eat your salad no, water. I don't want to. I want to chew the gum. I don't want to chew gum. I don't want to chew fruit. Come on, tell me. Foreigners allegedly stuffed chewing gum with poisoned micro needles in crushed glass. Micro needles. Insulin <laughs> <laughs> needles stuck in my gum. <laughs> Um, a little glass. It's a big piece of gum, you know. (laughs) Oh yeah, they probably were super pissed when they saw bubblicious tape gum. I know, huh? It looks so good. (laughs) Um, Please, Daddy. I'm so sick of this bird beak. I would like to play with gum. Yeah, yeah, we got sap, son. <laughs> Go reach your sap. <laughs> also, there was a popular belief that if you swallowed chewing gum, your mouth would be covered in mold. Mm. Don't swallow it. <laughs> Lennon's going to grow in your mouth. Yeah, it's not good. Mushroom mouth. In addition, gifts of chewing gum and candies were perceived as an act of superiority by the sly capitalists. <laughs> There was a rumor that foreigners took pictures of how they gave goodies to Soviet children and then showing those pictures back home said that the Soviet children were begging in the streets. Mm. They want a chewing gum. <laughs> please, Daddy, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. So there's been, I don't know if you saw pictures of these, but these are really weird. There's these huge mysterious holes in Siberia that just show up out of nowhere. 
giant inexplicable holes in the ground in Siberia have been appearing over the years and they just keep coming. Nobody knows how they started, but one scientific explanation connects them to melting permafrost due to global warming. Everything. And if you saw the holes, you would there's no way global warming like they are no, hundreds of meters. Global warming. It looks like um a bomb went off. Like it has to be some sort of like test test bomb test, but they're just in the middle of nowhere and they're humongous. Like wow, football weird. field size. Permafrost. Permafrost. My butt. <laughs> yeah, I. it's funny how everything just global yeah. warming. I don't know. Gotta be global it's warming. It's like if you can't figure it out, just tack on global warming. Yeah. That's what caused it. Mm-hmm. That skin rash, global Climate warming. change. Telling all the patients that, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these hemorrhoids, global warming. Anxiety, global warming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do your part. Yeah. See you later. Recycle. Um, the Black Volga. If you asked anyone in Russia or Eastern Europe about this infamous car, you'll hear a story you won't soon forget. Oh, the appearance of the car has been connected to a string of disappearances, particularly children. Of course. He went some good. <laughs> some even say that the devil himself drives the mysterious car. I've got some big red. So in the here. Black Volga is a mm. scary deal in Russia. You see it? Yeah. Look for your children. Run. Um, Leave your children. Alashenka. <laughs> You ever heard of Alashenka? Mm-mm. 1966, an elderly, mentally disturbed woman brought a strange baby. Alashenka, Alashenka. <laughs> um, in 19, sorry, let me start over now. In 1966, an elderly, <laughs> mentally disturbed woman brought a strange baby she claimed to have found in the woods into her home. Everyone who saw it in person said it seemed otherworldly. <laughs> it died suddenly, and doctors were never able to determine what exactly the creature was that's it no there's more i, f- I found some more on ah, Wik- wikipedia okay <laughs> this is where i found it um the r-u-s they, they also call it the Kaishtim dwarf it's believed oh, I do. Okay, I remember by many to be a prematurely born female baby with many deformities found in the village of Keolinovi near Kaishtim Chilablansk Oblast, <laughs> Russia, in 1996. Subsequently, the remains were lost and only photos and videos survived. Various supernatural mystical ex- explanations arose. But skeptics regard the claims regarding its existence nothing more than an urban legend. So, let me tell you what this thing looked like. Um, and it sounds like from nightmares. Um, Alyoshenka was a grayish fetus about 25 centimeters in length. Its hairless head had a number of dark spots. The eyes were large, occupying most of the face. <laughs> Like gigantic, it's most of the face. The skull was smooth with strange ridges that all met in a, at a central ridge, similar to the appearance of a leaf's veins. The, Ooh, like the a skull, Klingon. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Huh? The skull in particular did not resemble the skull of a healthy human. No. No. That doesn't sound I like I don't that. think that looks right. <laughs> all the babies I saw don't look this way. I don't know if that one's going to make it. I'm going to have to eat the borscht. Get out of that. I don't know. How much tree sap you been eating? <laughs> yeah. I think you overdosed on birch. Let the bears clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> He's just hacking on a bone. 
<laughs> Super weird. Like, wh- yeah, man. Why did that of all things like become like this? Uh, what's that? I don't know, man. Well, this is. Uh, think. I love how it has its own song. Oh, Baby or Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga, and Ko Koshche. The deathless mm. Baba Yaga and her ally Koshi, Koshi are not to be trifled with. Mm. Baba Yaga is an ancient witch with iron teeth yeah. and a house that stands on chicken legs. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine telling that story uh, to yeah. kids? Oh my gosh. Oh, this big Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga with the iron Koshi teeth. Has the powers of the weather and tortures people with his cries. Is it a he or she? I don't know, but they said witch. Yeah. Witches are ladies. Um, Get your facts straight. And her ally, Koshche. He's a boy. Oh, maybe that's true. Koshche. Koshche. Anyway. Ain't got a foundation. Weird stuff. Got I don't know. Legs. Got a house up on chicken legs. <laughs> got iron teeth. Apartments on chicken legs. <laughs> a little wobbly. <laughs> um, This one is really actually interesting. I've never heard of this before. The Judica... Cordiglia brothers recording. Yeah, I never heard of this. The recordings made by these brothers have long been thought to contain the final moments. Oh of no, the, I do. I have heard of this. A female cosmonaut's moments in space prior to her death, and yeah. the but the Russian government denies their authenticity. So there were these brothers, and they were super excited when they're like Italian or something. I think when the Russians started sending stuff up into space, so they got this like. Uh, radio equipment so they could hear like the Sputnik beep. Because you know who knows how many people died with that race. Exactly, yeah. Like even the one that was like a little crisp you know, uh-huh. um, that's in a museum. Mm-hmm. You know, his body burned with yeah. crisp. There's tons of stuff with that like, yep. <clears throat> that they just wanted to push to get him up there. So. Yeah, and so they 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 got the the transmission signal. They knew what where the Russians were, you know, transmitting from on all these things. And they had this equipment that was that was getting this stuff. But in 1960, um without a launch announced, they heard a broadcast of someone asking for help that was in space. This is what they claim anyways. Some think it was a cosmonaut that had been launched and the Russians didn't announce it and the, and they were killed. There's a lot of people that actually think that like way more people died in the Russian space race Guaranteed. than they actually said. So there was a particularly haunting message that was intercepted by the brothers on May 17, 1961. And then they were saying... Conditions growing worse. Why don't you answer? We are going slower. The world will never know about us. So it's really crazy stuff. And I actually found one of the other recordings, which is kind of interesting. How did she die? They don't know. They don't know. She they, died up in space? They don't know. They, oh, they don't even know the Russians, she even existed? The Russians deny it. Ah, okay. So here's the one. Here's the one. And I'll kind of tell you what she's saying as we go. I see flames. I see flames. I feel hot. I feel hot. Oh. 32, 32. Forty-one, forty-one. Am I going to crash? So that was that's pretty horrible. Isn't that crazy? So that's one that they I intercepted. Yeah, that they just had sent to a ton up. Exactly. So those ones are really interesting. There's a lot more to that one. Yeah, there's a we lot more a to whole, all. Of we those. could do a whole episode. Oh my that. gosh, on the Russian space space. Oh race. yeah, for sure. Um, here's one you never heard of. <laughs> The Dyatlov Pass incident. I know, I just left it in there, because this one's a huge conspiracy. Oh, it's huge, yeah. And if you listen to our last, what was it, 
three weeks ago? Mm-hmm, I think so. That one, it's still, I mean, there's no way it was an avalanche. There's no, no. way, no way avalanche. Yeah. So the Altlove Pass. Yeah. Where the, um, so if you didn't listen to that one, mm-hmm. there was nine total, right? Nine ah. experienced hikers were killed one night in 1959, an incident that the conspiracy theorists still can't wrap their heads around. Mm-hmm. The tents were slashed from the out from the inside out, and the victims were kind of spread out along a path down, like they ran out without any of their clothes on in the middle of the freezing temperatures. Yeah. And there's just tons of conspiracy around it. It's and never then recently they're like, eh, probably avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> Stupidest <laughs> Makes thing. Makes no sense. Yeah. Um, this one is the Voronez UFO landing. We so, talked about this one. Did we? Um, um, we did, did like our forever ago. One? Yeah. September 27, 1989, the Russian news agency TASS, TAS, um, stated <laughs> that the UFO had landed in a public park in Voronez. <laughs> um, tall, thin figures emerged and spoke to a group of young boys there before departing. If the reports are to believed, who they were or where they came from has never been answered. So here's a little bit more to this one. The story reported by the Telegraph Agency of the Soviet Union claimed that a group of children had spotted a small ball in the park whilst playing, which quickly morphed into a disc, which landed near them. Witnesses then reported a three-eyed alien and a robot exiting the craft. The alien stared... The alien stared at a horrified onlooker, freezing them in their tracks before departing and then returning five minutes later to abduct a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> I forgot to get the boy. <laughs> Gotta come back and get her. Uh, get him. Um, <laughs> using what was described as a 50-centimeter long pistol tube. Um, <laughs> Why did they leave when they come back? <laughs> no. What do you think about this one? I took a couple of pictures. You want yeah. that one? Okay, Which one I'll go back and me. I'll go grab him. Gosh damn it. He's still frozen. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Though the children were the only ones claiming to have witnessed the aliens, Lieutenant Sergei A. Metviev of the Vorenziv uh, District Police Station claimed to have seen the craft. The Interior Ministry said they would dispatch <laughs> troops to the area should the craft reappear. We'll bring in troops if it comes back. <laughs> go play with your ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, true. They saw it, but yeah. <laughs> no worries. Sixteen-year-old boy. I don't know where hell he went. <laughs> he's. Uh, he's if he comes on, back and takes another one of you. He's on the a last space one mission. Of you come back. <laughs> yeah, he's on he's space. some space mission. <laughs> <laughs> he probably got off some space. Or yeah, something. I don't know. <laughs> Fifty centimeter long pistol yeah, tube. I know. We'll get you with the pistol tube. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Mm. Um, I don't know why those the alien ones. They're, they're hilarious, man. Uh, urban legends of the Covrino Hospital. Construction mm-hmm. on this hospital began in 1980 and stopped unexpectedly in 85, never to resume. Mm-hmm. Since then, locals report that the building is haunted and that satanic services are held in there in secret. Mm-hmm. Well, don't go to the Covrino <laughs> Hospital. Yeah. You, you have an your... accident in Russia mm-hmm. and they say you're going to Covrino Hospital. Get out. Tell them no. <laughs> Say, uh-uh. I don't want to. And then we got the bullshit. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> space wreckage. <laughs> that bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I never read it that way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either, dude. B-O-S-H-I-C-H. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm bullshitting out. That space wreckage. I am bullshitting you. There's space wreckage. <laughs> Um, <laughs> in August 1979, 
The British tabloid newspaper Reveal claimed that an alien spaceship had been wrecked and its remains... <laughs> I'm bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on this one. <laughs> ...included 10 alien beings were now orbiting the Earth. There was debris found in the area, but whether or not it was alien in nature was never revealed to the public. <laughs> Sound like a bunch of bullshit. Sound like a bunch of bullshit, if you ask me. Bullshit. I don't get it. Like, <laughs> they didn't even explain why it's named after no. bullshit. I'd have to go into I didn't really look into this one very much. I'm sorry. <laughs> we should have. Bullshit. I'm going to have to re- look at that one, though. That, it's sort of like great. the British tabloid picking up, like, what's that? Did you say bullshit? What? Bullshit. What is this about this bullshit wreckage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aliens. Um, um, yeah. Can you tell me? I got to ask you a question. How many times have you tried to find a comfortable pair of pants or button-up shirt that doesn't make you look like a rent-a-cop or MC Hammer, but it has all the functionality you're looking for? How many times? All the time. It's a bullshit shirt that you don't want to (laughs) do. But let me tell you where to go. you got to go to offthegridsurplus.com because they've got the stuff you need. There. I can't believe that name. I know, man. I've read over it 10 times and didn't catch it. Didn't even see it. Off the Grid Surplus, they've got the new stuff they got is cool. The shorts they have. They're going to beat all the shorts you got to death with one hand tied behind their backs. They, they're great shorts. And they got these new Hawaiian shirts that are fantastic as well. Cam was wearing one the other day. Um, I went and bought an extra one. Did you? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I'm glad and you I did. I used my code. Did you? And it worked. And it worked. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so it's like workwear, outdoor wear, tactical, all wrapped up in one nice little package. <laughs> That's nice. That's what it is, right? So go to Off the Grid Surplus. I seriously love their freaking stuff. I'm not yeah. kidding. And if I co- went and used my own cashola, buy it myself. Like it. Use our code Casual Preppers. You get 15% off. Usually it's 10. With us, it's 15. Yeah. We ain't bullshitting you. <laughs> That's another one. You make a shirt. I know. <laughs> bullshit. Have you heard of bullshit? Space <laughs> exactly. station? Space. Yeah. <clears throat> Wreckage. So, um... This one's called Brain Radio. <laughs> in 1923, Brain radio. 1923, Russian electrical engineer Bernard Kaczynski came up. That's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say it right? Because it sounded. Uh, yeah. It's came like, up with, if he's related to Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Is he the Unabomber? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> came up with the extraordinary concept of the brain radio. <clears throat> transmit, transmit. Think about it. <laughs> what am I going to name this? Brain radio. Brain radio. The transmit brain impulses and transform them into long-distance signals. So, peddling the idea that human beings are living radio stations that can transmit and receive signals. He visited Europe. Hear me out. Hear me out. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Listen to this. Big idea here. Big idea. Big idea. Your radio station. I listen to you. Podcasts come out of yes. your brain. You know the beep, beep, beep we hear on the radio. This <laughs> yeah. you. This me. All yeah. our brains make the beep, beep. Let me try it on <laughs> UVB276. Um, I hear Russian cosmonaut dying in space. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> Cancel project. <laughs> Never mind. That's the wrong station. I come from America. <laughs> yeah. This American. Sounds like Russian... Oh, that, never mind. That's American. Um, in 1924, he carried out the first tests in Moscow using low-frequency radio waves. The aim of the experiment was to influence dogs to pick up a particular book from a pile and deliver it to the scientist in the next room. It the uh, pornography. Playboy. Bring me booby pictures. Good dog. Good dog. <laughs> The experiment was success, successful, <laughs> but later on the animals... I'm getting brainwaves right now. 
Later on, the animals refused to obey the training <laughs> I'm command. I'm done with this, the dog says. No more. <laughs> I'm not getting you crap. <laughs> the Secret Service caught wind of the project mm. and were interested in the idea of using the radio to influence, influence people's minds. Russia has always been obsessed with this. They have. Kaczynski, mm. according to some accounts, stopped working on the project despite believing in it. I believe it, but I'm done with it. <laughs> no more work. And it was later adopted by, I'm on the 118 day break. It was later adopted by other scientists, although never truly put into action. The concept was eventually relegated to the archives due to its expensive and lack of progress. Dang it. Or was it? Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, you ever... need to go get book. <laughs> My get book from other room. <laughs> that's all they got to. Yeah. That's pretty good. I don't want to do it I anymore. figure that's good enough, huh? Um, you ever heard of the combat mole? No. It's not like that big mole you took off my back. It's a different thing. <laughs> oh, man. I call that the this combat mole. Not melanoma, not, yeah. not uh, squamous cell. This is a combat mole. It's a combat mole. Looks like a ball. You train that mother up, you're good. <laughs> I've def- never heard of this. Defend your house. Um, The idea of building a machine that could drill its way underground through soil and rocks not only dreamt up by science fiction writers, but also genius by genius idea. That was a great, a great idea. Soviets had this idea. Such a machine could potentially destroy an enemy's underground facilities and infrastructure, as well as breach enemy lines. Obviously, you go under. Okay, yeah. you don't yeah. got to go over. You don't got to go through. You go under. Yeah. While the first concept of this type emerged in Moscow in the earliest 20th century, engineer Petr Razakov, Raskazov. Sadly, he didn't live long enough. <laughs> Petr. <laughs> My name's Petter. That's my bear. You want a petter? <laughs> you want a petter, petter? That's Petter Krasinski. That's my bear. You want a petter, petter? <laughs> he was killed in 1904. It wasn't until the 1930s when his new life was breathed into the new life was breathed into the project. According to various accounts, Soviet engineer Rudolf Trebelevsky uh, got his hands on some German designs of a so-called subterranean, and later, with the support the German of German side, probably. With the support of the authorities, built the first Ooh. prototype of the underground drilling machine. The subterranean was designed to mine lake cables for ge- geological exploration. Sure. But, but the project was abandoned for a number of years as Soviet authorities decided to focus on other initiatives, like giant fidget spinners and whatnot. <laughs> in, the, in the 1960s, supported by USSR I'm leader... I'm going to go tap some trees. I'm yeah. out of here. Nikita Khrushchev, the idea was fired up again and was, was kept under wraps, even more so than the Soviet atomic project. Uh, there was a special factory for this built in the Crimea. 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 Uh, the, scientists came, <laughs> the scientists came up with a new modification that had many outstanding capabilities, named the Combat Mole. <laughs> it operated using nuclear power and was I 35... I translation is. I don't know. Russian. It was 35 meters long. It could travel at a maximum speed of 7 kilometers an hour. Boom. Was Boom. that 3 miles per hour or something? Something like that. But it, you're going underground. You can't go too fast. <laughs> no. It could carry 5 crew members and up to 15 soldiers. <laughs> no, no. First tested in 64 in the Urals. <gasps> That's where 
Dyatlov was. Maybe the combat mole got him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was su- extremely it. successful. It cut through a mountain like a knife through hot butter and destroyed an imaginary <laughs> enemy bunker. It shouldn't be a hot knife through butter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it goes, isn't it? This was, yeah. The translation's not so good. Not perfect. Uh, it cut like knife through hot butter. <laughs> yeah, liquid butter. Yeah. Um, sadly, the second test didn't go so smoothly. The mole exploded, <laughs> killing all crew members. This is how all Russian <laughs> experiments know. end. An Later, explosion. they just said, "Never mind, we'll go to space." Yeah, mm. we've not mastered on the ground. Yeah. let's go up to space. Let's go up to space. Probably won't explode. Mole weapon, not so good. <laughs> Climactic. Climatic weapon. Climaxic. Climac- <laughs> climatic. Yeah, you're right. Climatic. Mm-hmm. Climatic. In the 60s, many countries tried to come up with the methods of inf- to influence climate and weather conditions. We talked about this. Americans we mastered did. it. They did. Destroyed Vietnam. Mm-hmm. The Soviets thought that if they could control the weather, it would give them a huge advantage over the enemy. And scientists researched the idea. That's probably why it snows so much. They're like, no, screwed up. It's going to snow all year round. Oops. Up. Oops, it's cold all the time now. Uh, what are we going to do? Give them bears. They'll be fine. <laughs> Let them all have bears in their Let's house. plant birch trees. They're good. <laughs> um, in 1977, the UN officially adopted the co- a convention banning the use of climate. Climate. Oh, my God. <laughs> climate changing weapons. Climate. <laughs> climate. But the U.S. and Soviet. I'm getting tired. <laughs> reading too much. That's funny. And Soviet Union continued to examine the prospect and established meteorological complexes that were reportedly able to influence processes in the ionosphere. We talked about this. We did, yes. What goes along with the ionosphere? Harp. Yeah. Yeah. The Sura, the Mm. Sura Ionospheric Heating Facility, a Russian laboratory for researching the ionosphere. Why didn't we bring this up? I don't know. Maybe we did. Was set up in the 80s. It was much like the American Harp. Um, complex. At the time, nearby residents witnessed strange glowing lights in the sky and moving red spheres. Mm. But these were put down to plasma formations created by the work going on in the complex facility. However, many scientists believe all talk of climate changing weapons is completely groundless. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. So, That's um, cool. so they have, I mean, why wouldn't they? The United States, if they knew they were yeah. working on the ionosphere and of course, the Russians are going to try and get They're on top do it of it. Too. They're going to one-up it. Yeah. So that's, that was going on, and it was creating weird stuff. That's Russia in a nutshell. Yeah. That's the weirdness that is Russia. That there's is, a lot more. There's a lot more. We had to cut out a lot of stuff. Yeah. There was so much. I hope the Russian. I hope some of the Russians are doing a podcast I on do us too. now. Me too. The Americans. These idiots. They eat too much, and they're stupid <laughs> and fat. These potatoes, they eat at funerals. So weird. <laughs> Um, but we do have a couple of reviews to do real quick. We've got Battle Box. The latest Battle Box, it was a good one. It was a tiny box. It was. It was a tiny box, but it's still a Battle Box nonetheless. This is Mission 74, and if you go to the first item, you know what you get? What? The new stat, hemostatic gauze dressing. Good gauze, oh, here we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> new stat, hemofiber. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great stuff for your... First aid kit. Right, Cam? Yeah. Then we got the Micromen skin closure device. These are awesome. Mm-hmm. I have wanted to try these since mm-hmm. I was born. Yeah. We're going to cut something up just Basically, to try you it. don't have to worry about stitching. You just yeah. stick it and pull it tight. Your wound is done. Then you got the Rip Pack Toothpaste 15 Pack. I like this. Brush your teeth 
Without a toothbrush, without I hate water. Carrying around a toothbrush. I hate brushing my teeth. No, I love it, but I hate it. Yeah. So that's a cool. It's cool. Thing. You put it in your mouth, swish it around. I put it clean. in my EDC kit because you never know. No, you don't. And then you got the Gear Aid Revive X Instant Water Repellent. Uh, it repels water. You Thought put it was on easier, stuff. but this will work too. Yeah, it's great. It's cool. Make then, stuff waterproof. Spray it all over everything. Then we head to the advanced box and we get the Exotac Nano Striker XL. This is thing. This is thing is cool. Mm-hmm. You can do lots of good things. Not with a it. whistle. Thought it was a whistle. Three thousand strikes per rod. Whoa! Take that. Cool Three thousand strikes. Then you get to the Pro Box and you get the Dango Wallets A10 Adapt. Kobe's using it. I am. I can't say enough good things about Dango Wallets. They are my favorite wallet going right now. Yeah, um, I'm using one too. This uh, one's a little different from the last yep. Battle Box, which is cool. Yeah, which it's, is what but, I like. But yeah, you're going to have to decide what wallet and what knife yeah. to carry now. I know. RFID blocking, really cool stuff. Check out Dango, um, but check out BattleBox. And then you got the Pro Plus. We got the Fox Edge Atrax. $109 value. Take that. that sucker. Bam. It's sharp. Cut stuff. And sharp is all get out. Sharp. Sharp <laughs> is all get got out. Got sharp teeth. Yeah. So that's the BattleBox Mission 74. Use our code Casual Preppers. You're going to get a free knife with your order. And everybody loves a free knife. I don't yeah. care who you are. And so we've had, I don't know how many battle boxes we've had, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 50 or so. And more, more than I that. don't have this. And yeah. I don't have this. Exactly. I don't know how they find this stuff that I'm like, yeah. that's a great idea. I'm glad I have that in my pack now. I would never have gotten this Ripack stuff. No. Like this and it's super nice. Brush stuff. It's so cool. For like camping is great. Yeah. It's great for a bug out bag. And there's always that, you know, you're wondering, there's a lot of gear sometimes you're just like, is it really worth it? Yeah. And if you just do a battle box, they like play around with this stuff and yeah. figure out if it's worthwhile. So it takes yeah. it out of your, you don't have to do anything. No, you just you can be rushing 180 days off. Use our code and get it. Yeah. Then we go. have the latest tech pack. Um, oh. You are not on the pack. And the first item in this tech pack is the Wiley X range glasses. Cam was eyeing these suckers. He was I like, would, I put my those. eyes in them. Like, oh, I'm going to put my eyes behind them. Yeah, he likes them. Yeah, I need some safety. We'll give them to him. And then we got the Mission First Tactical Stubby Foregrip. Stubby? Foreskin grip. Stubby foreskin grip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for your AR. That's kind of cool. You can look rad with that on there. Oops, going then we got the SBR Wars T. Yes. Where? Well, um, T-shirt. Is it not oh, in yeah. there? Oh, yeah, here it is. It looks like Star Wars, but it's SBR Wars. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nobody's going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> what? I said everybody's going to be like, what does that mean? Yeah. Short barrel rifle. And well, then, not here in town. They burn. Yeah. And then we got the Atwood Micro Cord Dispenser. Yeah. These are nice because they're, they're great. Nothing pisses me off more than when I reach in my bag and A the paracord's like all like caught in stuff. Yeah. How'd that happen? Piss you off. And you got the Black Rifle Coffee Steep Bags. Yeah, they're right here. And then you got the mini tack pack sticker. So use our code casual preppers. You're going to get a free separate bag of EDC gear. And they stuff these to yeah. the freaking brand. For 50 bucks. I don't know how they do it. I don't, I don't either. They're robbing somebody. They are. But it ain't you. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, the great part about that's it all. True. <laughs> so thank you guys. That's what we got today. And um, that's all. That's all. Stay surviving.